0: Love Talk Radio
1: The Four Persons Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Welcome to the Saturday Burnt Toast and Coffee Show with apologist William Hemsworth on the Four Persons Network. William is passionate about teaching the faith. He is a convert that attended a Baptist seminary. He is a father and a catechist that will encourage you to live the faith, evangelize, and defend it. To call into the show, the number is 515-602-9655. Once again, the phone number to call into the show is 515-602-9655. Hey,
0: good morning, everybody. William Hemsworth here, and welcome to the Burnt Toast and Coffee Show here on the Four Persons Network. It is so great to be with you all again on another beautiful Saturday morning. It's one of those rare Saturday mornings here in Tucson where it's actually raining, so it feels like fall. It isn't like 90 degrees. So it's great. It's like 50 degrees out. It's raining. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's nice change. have a great show for you today. Um, Let me introduce our guest today. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He's a best-selling author and award-winning blogger. He's a master storyteller. He's an inspirational speaker. He's an award-winning blogger. He's named one of the top 100 Catholic blogs and was a finalist in the 15th Annual International Weblog Awards. And he's a frequent guest on Catholic Radio. Uh, We have our guest, Tony Agnese here, and today we're going to discuss his great new book, A Storyteller's Guide to a Joyful Holiday Season. Tony, how are you doing today? William,
2: it's great to hear your voice again. Great to be back with you. It's been too long. I really, uh, really uh, welcome the opportunity to talk with you today.
0: Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Um, When I saw that you were releasing another book, and I congratulated you on it, and right again, we talked about doing this show together. It's awesome. It's been a couple of years since we've talked, so it's just great catching up. So besides the book, what have you been up to lately? How was your Thanksgiving?
2: Well, Thanksgiving was interesting. I'm here at my son and daughter-in-law's house in Nashville, Tennessee. We had Thanksgiving here. Uh, two days before Thanksgiving, she uh, broke her ankle and uh, my daughter-in-law broke her ankle in two places.
0: Oh, no. Was at
2: the emergency room and has surgery scheduled for Monday. So it all came together. It was a team effort. Everybody came together to get food and and, and things prepared, and we had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving uh, meal. Yeah, you know, yesterday. I I, I I don't know if you're familiar with the holiday secular Advent.
0: No, so I read about wedding. it. I read about it in your book, so I was going to. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that later. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, Secular Advent, uh, it only has been around about 10 years, you know. Uh, it started out uh, with just good uh, uh, with just um, uh, one holiday, Black Friday, but then it began on Gray Thursday because Thanksgiving uh, can't last a whole day. It has to end as soon as your meal is over so everybody can get to the mall. And then you've got, you know, we've got the um, uh, Small Business Saturday and the Cyber Monday and the Giving right. Tuesday. And it all ends on Return All of Your Unwanted Gifts Week. So there's uh, secular uh, advent. I was, uh, yesterday, my wife and I left the hotel. We had a little time to kill. So we went over to the mall and, you know, it's the Black Friday at the mall. And it reminded me, William, of a story of a guy who on on, uh, Black Friday, he goes to the shopping mall, he drops off his wife and he's trying to park his car and he can't find a parking space at all. He's been driving up and down rows, up and down rows for about 15 minutes and still can't find a parking space. Finally, he bargains with God. He said, God, if you help me find a parking space, I'm going to donate $500 to feed needy families this Christmas. And no sooner, William, than he says that, but a parking space opens up. The first parking space closest to Macy's in the row, and as he pulls into the row, he pauses for a minute. He looks to heaven and says, "Never mind, God, I found one." That's <laughs> how I mean, most people I mean, are.
0: Yeah, that really sums it up. And I don't. I've been really happy to see the trend and of um retailers starting to be closed again on Thanksgiving. You know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. really glad to see that trend. My nephew, he works he worked in retail for many years at Best Buy. And remember like you said, after he eats he would have to go to work. But now yeah. he doesn't have to yeah. do all, now he doesn't have to do all that. So that's a I think that's a good trend. But
2: and we also we also bargain we also bargain with God when we you know when we are at our wit's end. But then we don't recognize when God comes to our aid or God gives us direction. You know, it's uh, it's yes. something we're guilty of. You know, uh, this uh, secular Advent asks us to speed up and spend money now. Christian Advent says slow down and prepare for the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. Secular Advent asks us to spend money we don't have on things we don't need under the pretense it was on sale and Christian Advent asks us to be thankful for what we have and maybe give to those who have little. Uh, Secular Advent says we have a right to fight for the last big screen TV at Walmart, where Christian Advent asks us to pray for peace. You know, um, I think I'm going to slow down this Advent. I'm going to use Advent's my favorite season. As a matter of fact, I, I find it, Lent is wonderful, but I find Advent a wonderful time to connect and reconnect with our faith and with our Savior as we prepare for you know the coming of, of Christmas uh, on Christmas morning.
0: I couldn't agree more. One of the things I teach my RCIC kids um, every Advent is, it, like you said, slow down. Remember all the things, all the good things to be thankful for. Uh, remember there's always someone... Who's who would love to have what you have, remember what's really important, your friends, your family. Remember Jesus. Jesus came for you. He came to die for you. And, all, you know, all, all, that, all that great stuff that we talk about, we talk about the significance of the nativity scene, all that. And the kids really seem to enjoy just slowing down, getting out of the hustle and bustle, because kids are – Kids are taught nowadays, too, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go to practice, let's go to school, let's go here, let's go there, let's go here. Okay, time for bed now. Let's get it up and do it again. Like you said, the necessity of slowing down, Tony, you talked about in your book. Why, are there any tips that you can give us for slowing down and enjoying that?
2: You know, it's something that I think uh, involves Increasing our prayer time, you know, and I especially like to pray for those who'll be be sad uh, during the holiday. You know, Christmas is the happiest time of the year. It's also the saddest time for some people. And, uh, you know, they've lost a family member. Gosh, COVID has taken so many people. And and in many of those instances, uh, the, the amount of time they could spend on calling hours and funerals was limited, the number of people and so forth. And so... There are a lot of people out there during the holiday season who are full of the holiday spirit, but yet there are some others that find it to be a, you know, a very difficult time. So um, we we have to slow down. We have to find some things maybe in our church or community that we can attend. I love volunteering, you know, at a homeless shelter, soup kitchen, things like that that we can do. One of the things I like to do during the holiday, William, is I like to call old friends. I like to just get on the phone and call old friends. And you know what happens a lot of the times when you do? They go, man, I was just thinking of you, you know? And you end up having a wonderful conversation. And it helps overcome some of the social isolation that people feel sometimes during the holidays, especially when they've lost a loved one or lost a spouse. So slowing down. You know, I think attending Mass more frequently than every Sunday. You know, there's some opportunities to Mm -hmm. attend daily Mass with help increasing our prayer time. And then help somebody in need. It can be as simple as a family member or a friend or uh, the giving tree. My my wife is a big fan of the giving tree where, you know, she could pull some names off the tree and buy gifts for people she doesn't know. And it just kind of gives you that joyful uh, holiday spirit that uh, that comes from, Mm -hmm. from helping others, you know.
0: Right now, in your book, "A Storyteller's Guide to a Joyful Holiday Season," and you mentioned the you mentioned the giving tree. And in your book, you mentioned a story about the giving tree about how you talked to your wife and how you said, "Let's get some names while there is still a lot on there." And your wife said, "Let's wait." And, and yeah,
2: she 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 likes to wait. Um, you know, William. There's always the last person picked on the tree, even though we right. try to think we try to think that we're not showing favoritism to certain, but, you know, they take the younger kids, boys and girls, and then, you know, uh, other and there's some people left on the tree at the end who uh, are the last cards to be picked from the giving tree. So my wife likes to wait until the end and she likes to buy for those people that everyone else has kind of skipped over forgotten uh, or just, or just uh, couldn't relate to, to
0: what they were going to purchase. Yeah, and I thought that was a very profound lesson that your wife gave there, though, about just reaching out to those who, you know, disadvantage, marginalize. Like you said, those those are the who are the last to be picked, I thought that was a very profound thing. And I think a good lesson that we could take is, like, like you said in your book and like you said just now, you know, people, like I said, we have these preferences built into ourselves. We don't realize them sometimes. But I just thought that was a great lesson. And You mentioned it, and I had to bring it up. But the storytelling series. Oh, okay. good. Go ahead, Tony. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of a I call it a sin of partiality.
2: You know, uh, I remember going to a a, a very popular uh, restaurant, and um, a, a, a a a big base a big basketball star walks in with his entourage, and man, they just tripped all over themselves to to wait on him and to take care of them and so forth. And the and the owner comes over and says, "Your meal is free. You know, we're happy to have you here and cost them the meal." At the same time, there was a family out by the dumpster out back begging for whatever might be left over, some bread or some some things that people hadn't eaten. And the owner of the restaurant shoot him away, said, "Get away, or you know, I'm going to call the police to have you eliminated." The sin of partiality: those that can afford the meal are given a freebie. And those that can't afford are treated as if uh, uh, they're, they're uh, you know, breaking the law, asking for food. Isn't, isn't that how it works sometimes? And as Christians, as Catholics, we have to be aware of that fact. We have to treat people, no matter where they are in their life, uh, the same and with dignity and respect. Right. Absolutely.
0: Now, Storyteller's Guide to a Joyful Holiday Season. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this is number four in the Storyteller series that you have. You know, there's Storyteller's yes, Got wow. in Grace, Still Life, uh, Volume 1, Volume 2. How did, how did this book come about for its joyful holiday season?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. It came about as a talk. Uh, you know, I uh, I speak a lot during the Lenten season, William. I'm sure you do, too, and I do a lot of talks during Lent. And um, a very few during Advent. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write an Advent talk and I'm going to offer it up at uh, any churches or organizations, men's groups, so forth that are looking for an Advent talk um, that, uh, you know, I would put it together. So I worked on this talk for uh, quite a bit of time and, and pulled things together. A lot of it I pulled together from blog posts from 2010 and 11 and just tried to uh, bring together stories about Thanksgiving, about advent about christmas and about new year's and as i did i said you know it would be nice to just pull these together in a little book that i could uh, have available uh when i speak so that's how it started and now it, it's kind of flip-flop now the book is out and uh and uh I'm, I'm just now starting to speak on it here over the course of advent as we begin here i think on the first of december with uh with advent you know i i it reminded me of a story uh A deacon friend of mine uh, also teaches in the elementary school, the religion class, and he goes into a, uh, a second grade class one day, and he goes, we have a new season just about to start here in the liturgical calendar. Does anybody know what it is? And there were 30 faces staring back at him with a confused look, and he goes, well, I'll give you a hint. It starts with an A, and they look around. Everybody looks around. Nobody has an answer. He said, all right, I'll give you the second letter. It's a D. And little Johnny in the back of the room raises his hand. He's waving his hand and he's Johnny. And he goes, Advil. Advil. (laughs) And he goes, well, no, uh, it's Advent. But I thought about that. You know, sometimes I wonder how many of our listeners are having an Advil Advent rather than an Advent. You know, Advil is where that kind of an advent is just the antithesis of what we were talking about, William. It's where you're rushing around and and trying to get things done and buying gifts and you know, uh, just just going crazy uh, trying to find that iPhone 15 or that new PlayStation right. and and um, fighting for that big screen TV at Walmart, as opposed to an Advent season where. We slow down and we contemplate the death or the life, the birth, I should say, of our Savior Jesus Christ as we track his birth and his life, death and resurrection through the course of the liturgical year. That's the kind of Advent that I want to have. You know, the kind of Advent that says, uh, uh, let let me slow down and enjoy life, enjoy the things you mentioned, enjoy my faith, enjoy my family, enjoy my friends, and of course,
0: enjoy some football. Right. Right. And like you said, big game today. Washington? No, well, I'm not Washington. Oh goodness, Michigan <laughs> and Ohio State. I just, I just sinned, Tony. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> uh, that's all right. Uh, Michigan I'm and Ohio my State. Ohio State. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm wearing my Ohio State gear as we speak, and uh, and uh, am uh, excited about the game. Number two versus number three, and uh, the winner probably will go off to play Georgia for the national uh, national championship. And uh, yeah. so yep. it's. Um,
0: it's going to be a good one, for sure, for sure. It's going to be a good game. Now, in, in your book, you have you this know, story. Oh, oh, go ahead, Tony.
2: I, I like to uh, just uh, talk back, uh, just, uh, you know, we just finished Thanksgiving, and there are some mm-hmm. some stories of Thanksgiving in the book and so forth, but there's one that kind of is is appropriate during uh, uh, Advent as well, and I call it the, the Thanksgiving rosary, and, you know, William, it's, it uh, is interesting. I had a friend of mine, uh, Pat, who he said, you know, I, I was praying the rosary, and I decided to make it a Thanksgiving rosary. And on every bead, I'm going to thank God for something. Thank you, God, for on every bead. And um, and he says, thank you, God, for a loving wife. Thank you for a beautiful family. Thank you for, uh, you know, the job I have and so and he went through the entire rosary, and I said, you know, do you ever run out of thank yous on the beads? And he said, never, never. And so I did it one Thanksgiving, and uh, and it has now become part of uh, what I do from time to time, just uh, as I pray the rosary. I'm going to add a thank you on every bead. And quite honestly, never run out of things to thank God for. And that attitude of gratitude, that attitude of thanksgiving, when you finish that rosary, there's just a certain feeling that comes over you that I've been blessed, that life is good, that I thank God for everything that, that he's given me. And uh, it's such a wonderful feeling during the Advent season to have that that that
0: sense of gratitude and that sense of
2: thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, because like you said, there's always something to be thankful for. Now, Tony, I, I, I want to play devil's advocate here for a moment. I mean, there's going to be someone out there that sure. says... There's no one, there's nothing in my life that I could be thankful for. What would you say to someone who's maybe has those thoughts? Wow.
2: And I just, you know, interestingly enough, I had a comment on a, I do a meme every day, uh, year round on a Facebook uh, group called Daily Grace, if anybody would like to join Daily Grace every morning between 6 and 7 a.m. I post something and I posted one. It's Thanksgiving day. What are you thanking God for today? And one person posted there was very little to be thankful for. And I said, I, I, I just wonder, you know, you're alive. Uh, you have the ability to serve others. You know, uh, you have the ability to to, to uh, do things that you don't realize. There are people who, who feel that way and it's very difficult to to. to get through that thing. there are many many things to be grateful for you know in my second book a storyteller's guide to joyful service we talked about the fact that there is a difference between joy and happiness you know uh, happiness is fleeting i'll be happy if the buckeyes beat michigan today i'll be sad if they lose that's a fleeting thing happiness and sadness but joy is something that comes from our lord joy is something that comes from above and one of the easiest ways to get joy is to serve others. And sometimes when you're hurting and things aren't going well, helping someone else will bring you out of your doldrums, will help you become uh, uh, more aware of the, of the things that you can be grateful for when you work with others, when you try to help others. That's that serving others, uh, whether it be, uh, it's something simple as making a phone call to a friend or it could be work at the soup kitchen or go serve a Thanksgiving meal at the, at the local church that does that. There's a number of ways you can do that. And all of them uh, are ways to, to realize in your own life that we have things to be thankful for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, and thank you for sharing that. Now, in your book, you cover Thanksgiving, Christmas, and you also go into the new year. One of the stories in your book that really stuck out to me has the subtitle of Your Presence is Your Present. Can you give us a little background on that story for our listeners? I yeah, really I, it
2: was um, my, um, I had been doing um, uh, jail ministry for uh, 19 years, and I just gave it up. I, I'm turning 75 um, in February, and I just gave up uh, uh, the jail ministry that I've done so. So for so many years, and yeah, there was a time we were uh, having our Christmas type mass, very, uh, v- very rarely did we ever get a priest into the jail to, to do a mass. But at Christmas time, we always, uh, you know, find a priest that can come in, that can say a mass near the Christmas holiday, uh, hear some confessions and so forth. In this particular year, a Father Lee, he was just them. Uh, on fire, humble little South Korean priest that came in, and his homily resonated with me when he said, your presence is your present. You know, uh, as a kid, you look through catalogs, and you you start uh, dreaming Santa Claus, placing things under your tree, but as we get older, we realize that the real important things is my faith, and my family, and friends, and being with people at at time and, and sharing the stories from years past, you know, um, in the dedication in my book, I talk about, you know, as a kid, we either went to, we were at my mom's or my aunt's house every other year. And then as we grew older, that tradition um, moved to uh, getting married. And so we'd go to my wife's parents at one o'clock and eat, and then we'd go to my parents at four or five o'clock and eat, and then that passed along to us. And this year, my daughter-in-law has taken over Thanksgiving, and we pass that along to a to another generation. And we begin to realize that it's just our presence that's the greatest present that we can give. You know, as you get older, there's very little that you want. For you know, what, what would you like for Christmas? And you know, what, what what can we get you for Christmas, Grandpa? And it's a very simple answer: your presence, just being together, being together with family, friends, grandkids, and so forth really makes it um, really makes it uh, wonderful for us
0: and that's what it's all about is getting together, loving each other, encouraging each other, and just, I don't know I have a large family I've been blessed with four children and but when we're all together my my parents, my brothers and sisters there's like thirty five of us in the house, and it's kind of chaotic, but it's a lot of fun as well <laughs> you know just the joy on everyone's face, everyone's talking how laughing, having a good time. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Now, One of the, when you the last
2: to... cha- the last. Go ahead. Good. Oh, go ahead, Tony. The last Please. chapter in the book. I think maybe that's where you're going. Last chapter in the book's about New Year's, and you know, uh, New Year's to me, I have uh, I have never uh, been the uh, partier type at New Year's. I figure that's amateur night, so uh, uh, I I try to stay off the highways. A lot of times, I would go to midnight adoration uh, on New Year's and spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, spend the uh, the midnight hour uh, with our Lord in, in adoration. Other times it's just quiet family. Lately, my wife and I will have dinner about six o'clock and we're home before the chaotic uh, things start to happen and, and spend uh, the rest of the evening together. But one of the things that I like to do every year, and I've been doing it for years, and I like to think about uh, and, and I and I prepare a list of things that um, I want to accomplish that year. I call it the list, and what I do is I, I keep it, you know, keep it in my wallet. And uh, as I used to travel for my job, you know, you're sitting in a hotel room at night, I would pull out the list, and I'd see, you know, how I was doing. And, and, and uh, I divided that list into three sections. First, my health goals. And I know you've done a magnificent job here over the last uh, uh, amount of time, getting, getting your weight down, getting a knee replacement, uh, uh, working out, spending time at the gym and so forth. Fantastic. That, and, and those types of, of, of health goals. Then the second is uh, personal goals, you know, to be a better husband, father, to, 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 to do some things a little bit differently to, to do that. And then finally, professional goals, accomplishments and so forth. And then my spiritual goals. And my spiritual goals might be to attend mass more or read the Bible daily or, or find a great uh, uh, inspiring book. Um, pray the chapel of the divine mercy, which is one of my favorites and so forth. And then I write these down. And then about halfway through the year, I review them and see how well I've done. Some years I do really well, other years not so much. So it's a way of, of, uh, of dealing with that and there's a there's a chapter a final chapter toward the in, a, end here it's um uh, in the book uh, called more or less, and it's another mm-hmm. thing I like to do instead of New Year's resolutions. I hate New Year's resolutions. Most people break them the second you. know, I'm going to go to the gym. They join a gym. They spend a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they're gone. They're gone. And that's why gyms, uh, a gym can handle 100 people. They have a thousand members because most of the 900 don't show up anymore after the first couple of weeks. But things that I'm going to do more and things that I'm going to do less. Let me give you a couple of examples. I want to complain less and express appreciation more. I want to gossip less and praise more. I want to procrastinate less and take action more. I want to say less listen more. Here's a tough one for me, William. I want to eat less and exercise more. I want yeah, to get angry so and get less and show kindness more. I want to judge less. And accept more. You see what I And you can come up with them yourself. Everybody listening to this broadcast and sit down and say, in 2024, what do I want to do more? And what do I want to do less? And I'm sure you'll come up with a list that will make your 2024 uh, a, a more uh, a appealing, uh, a more gra- grateful, and a more thankful new year.
0: Great. And again, everyone, the book is a storyteller's guide to a joyful holiday season. Tony, the book's been out a couple of weeks now. What has been the what's been the feedback that you've received and where can our listeners uh, check out the book?
2: Well, the feedback, the feedback has been good. A lot of people, you know, the book is, uh, as are all of my books, are short stories. Uh, you know, years ago. Uh, I, I met a an author, and I said, I can't write uh, 40,000 words. He said, well, can you write 500 or 750? And I said, yeah. He said, well, just do that 50 times, and you have a book. And so they're short stories between 500 and 750 words. They all have scripture tied to them. And then they all end with some questions to reflect on. So many of the people say the book is an easy read. It's a quick read. It's a small book, five-by-eight format, 100 pages, you can you can read it quickly but what i uh, what i encourage people to do is if a particular story touches you look at the questions at the end of the story and and spend some time reflecting on, on those questions when you have some private time during the holidays the book is available on uh, amazon.com it's available barnes barnesandnoble.com it's out there it's a, it's it's 7.99 if you've got uh, you know amazon prime it's 2.99 and in the Kindle version. Uh, it's like I say, it's, it's a small book that you, that I know it's a busy time of the year, but you can carve out an hour or two and spend some time with the book. And then maybe some time later with uh, reflecting on some of the some of the questions asked at the end of the stories. It might be a blessing to a number of people this holiday season. And and by the way, William, and I, I, I always forget to say this. I, w- I want to make sure I say it. The All of the net proceeds all of the profits of all of my books in the storyteller season uh, series go to charity i make absolutely no income from any of the book sales that i do as a matter of fact the more books i sell the happier i get because it means i can give more money to charity and my wife and i can then give a, a, a lot more than we normally could have by virtue of the the sales of the books so when people buy my books they, i want them to understand that Not only are they buying a book, but the profit of that book, once we pay for printing and, you know, all of those things is going to the charities that my wife and ministries that my wife and I support.
0: Great. And Tony, where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're doing?
2: Now, you can go to my website, my website, TonyAgnesi.com, T-O-N-Y-A-G-N-E-S-I.com. And there's literally hundreds of stories and reflections and things there on the website. Also, on Facebook, you can go to Tony Agnese, a storyteller, and you can friend me up. And I have a wonderful Facebook group called Daily Grace, where I post some uh, inspirational message uh, or or a little quote every single day, 365 days a year. It's called Daily Grace. Others are posting there as well. William, I invite you to post there as well on Daily Grace. And people love the fact that the first thing in the morning, they get a little uh, little shot. I'm on YouTube. Tony Agnese, lots of video there, a lot of video with you and I from, uh, from a few yes. years ago that you can still access at uh, YouTube at Tony Agnese.
0: Well, Tony, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Congrats on the new book. Thanks for coming on the burnt Toast and Coffee Show today.
2: I loved it, William. Anytime, uh, I'd love to uh, uh, spend some time with you again. And you know what? If I uh, kick into my podcast again after the first year when I retire, You'll be one of my first guests on my show.
0: Well, uh, Sounds good. Congratulations on your upcoming retirement. And check out the book, everyone, A, Story-teller, a Storyteller's Guide to a Joyful Holiday Season. And our de- our guest has been author, speaker, Tony Agnesi. And, Tony, God bless you. God bless your family. And best of luck to your uh, God's grace with your family with the upcoming surgery on Monday.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, William. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas and a joyous 2024.
0: All right, you too. All right, God bless everyone. We'll catch you next week on the Burnt Toast and Coffee Show.